Sheila. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to season two of Pushing Pediatrics, an educational podcast for physical therapists created to help those studying for the Pediatric Certified Specialist exam and anyone else interested in learning more about pediatric physical therapy. Last year, our episodes were played over 10,000 times to help listeners like you crush the PCS exam, and they did. This year, you can expect more content and even more review to help you feel confident on test day. Let's not waste any more time. Time to study. Listener note, this podcast was created as an adjunct for those studying for the PCS exam. By no means do we guarantee that one will pass the exam solely by listening to this podcast. We encourage all those studying for the exam to put the appropriate time and effort into their studying using resources recommended by the ABPTS and the APTA. It is not allowed to discuss test content and we will not accept any questions related to test content. While we will do our best to provide the most accurate information, if you feel as though we have stated something that is incorrect, please contact us via Instagram or Facebook at Pushing Pediatrics or send us an email at pushingpediatrics at gmail.com. So we are going to jump right into content now. We will definitely still sprinkle in some more updated exam knowledge, but you can get a lot of our information if you pop back to the first few episodes of season one. We get a lot of questions about using older versions of Campbell to study. We are always going to recommend using the most up-to-date resources. The fifth edition is currently the most updated with the sixth edition set to release in December. However, some of the older Campbell editions do have some content not covered in newer editions, and we wanted to offer a quick overview of some of those because it is definitely useful material. First off, we're going to go through the genetics chapter. Holy cow, this chapter was dense and intense. The first few pages read like a genetic counseling course, and I just don't think we need to dive that deep. What we do feel is beneficial, though, is to talk through some of the more common genetic diagnoses and some of the hallmarks and specifics related to those. Listener note and trigger warning, we do discuss some hard topics here, including things like infant death and spontaneous abortion. Please be advised. Quick fact, an altered gene sequence that doesn't cause a disease is called a polymorphism, but one that does is called a mutation. A chromosomal disorder occurs when the chromosome number or structure is altered. Let's talk through some common autosomal trisomies. These are nearly all associated with advanced maternal age and occur because of a non-disjunction error in meiosis. Down syndrome, also known as trisomy 21, is the most common aneuploid condition compatible with survival. We are going to cover Down syndrome in detail in a few weeks when we go over the clinical summary, so hold tight until then. Trisomy 18, also called Edwards syndrome, is a chromosomal condition associated with abnormalities in many parts of the body. Individuals with trisomy 18 often have slow growth before birth, which is also called intrauterine growth retardation, 
and a low birth weight. Affected individuals may have heart defects and abnormalities of other organs that develop before birth. Other features of trisomy 18 include a small, abnormally shaped head, a small jaw and mouth, and clenched fist with overlapping fingers. Due, the, due to the presence of several life-threatening medical problems, many individuals with trisomy 18 die before birth or within their first month. Trisomy 13, also called Patau syndrome, is a chromosomal condition associated with severe intellectual disability and physical abnormalities in many parts of the body. Individuals with trisomy 13 often have heart defects, brain or spinal cord abnormalities, very small or poorly developed eyes, extra fingers or toes, an opening in the lip, also called a cleft lip, with or without an opening in the roof of the mouth, which is a cleft palate, and weak muscle tone. Due to the presence of several life-threatening medical problems, many infants with trisomy 13 die within their first few days or weeks of life. Disorders with an abnormal number of sex chromosomes are less severe than those involving autosomes. Turner syndrome is described as XO. It is a condition that affects only females and results when one of the X chromosomes is missing or partially missing. Turner syndrome can cause a variety of medical and developmental problems, including short height, failure of the ovaries to develop, and heart defects. Turner syndrome may be diagnosed before birth, during infancy, or in early adulthood. Occasionally, in females with mild signs and symptoms of Turner syndrome, the diagnosis is delayed until the teen or young adult years. Girls and women with Turner syndrome need ongoing medical care from a variety of specialists. Regular checkups and appropriate care can help most girls and women lead healthy, independent lives. Signs and symptoms of Turner syndrome may vary among girls and women with the disorder. For some girls, the presence of Turner syndrome may not be readily apparent, but in other girls, a number of physical features and poor growth are apparent early. Signs and symptoms can be subtle, developing slowly over time, or significant, such as heart defects. A hallmark of Turner's is that difficulty with specific visual-spatial tasks, memory, motor coordination, and math. Many of these skills have been found to improve with estrogen administration. Kleinfelter syndrome is described as XXY and occurs in one in 1,000 male births. Kleinfelter presents with mild phenotypic features and no apparent abnormality until puberty when the testes fail to enlarge and gynecomastia may occur, which is an increase in the amount of breast gland tissue in boys. Other hallmarks may include increased stature, sterility, slight IQ reduction, and learning disabilities, but not intellectual disability. Moving on to common chromosomal deletions, Cri-Duché syndrome, also known as 5P minus syndrome, and Cat-Cri syndrome, is a rare genetic condition that is caused by a deletion or a missing piece of the genetic material on the small arm of chromosome 5. That's the P arm. The clinical symptoms of Cri-Duché syndrome usually include a high-pitched cat-like cry, delayed development, distinctive facial features, a small head size, 
widely spaced eyes, a low birth weight, and weak muscle tone in infancy. The cat-like cry typically becomes less apparent with time. Most individuals who have cry Duche syndrome have difficulty with language. Half of the children learn sufficient verbal skills to communicate. Some individuals learn to use short sentences, while others express themselves with a few basic words, gestures, or sign language. Other characteristics may include feeding difficulties, delays in walking, hyperactivity, scoliosis, clumsiness, and hyperactivity with repetitive body movements is also noted. Self-injurious behavior is common, and you might see an obsessive attachment to objects as well as hypersensitivity to sound. A small number of children are born with serious organ defects and other life-threatening medical conditions, although most individuals with cry duche have a normal life expectancy. Both children and adolescents with this syndrome are usually friendly and happy and enjoy social interaction. Wolf-Hirschhorn syndrome is another deletion syndrome. It is a deletion of part of the fourth chromosome. Characteristics include craniofacial anomalies, ocular malformations, cleft lip or palate, congenital heart defects, microcephaly, and severe growth retardation. 18P syndrome is a deletion of part of the 18th chromosome. Characteristics include mild to moderate growth deficits, hypotonia, mild microcephaly, downturning mouth corners, and variable degrees of cognitive impairment. You may see better motor performance compared to language function. Some have holoprosencephaly and a poorer prognosis. Prader-Willi syndrome and Angelman syndrome provide examples of chromosomal microdeletions. Prader-Willi syndrome is characterized by diminished fetal activity, respiratory and feeding difficulties in infancy, hypotonia, globally delayed developmental milestones, strabismus, decreased skin and eye pigmentation, small genitalia, hypogonadotropic hypogonadism, short stature, and small hands and feet. In early childhood, greater than 12 months, there is excessive eating with gradual development of obesity with increasing age unless externally controlled. Cognitive impairments exist and behavioral problems may include temper tantrums, stubbornness, manipulative behavior, autism, ADHD, and obsessive compulsive characteristics. Average motor milestones reported to be about twice the typical average age with walking by around two years. Angelman syndrome is a neurodevelopmental disorder characterized by severe learning difficulties, ataxia with jerky movements, and a puppet-like gait, seizure disorder with a characteristic EEG, subtle dysmorphic facial features, sleep disorder, and frequent and sometimes inappropriate laughter. Most have a delay in developmental milestones and slowing of head growth during the first year of life. Expressive speech rarely occurs, but receptive language is at a higher level, so the use of sign language is recommended. Next up to discuss is Williams syndrome. The primary feature is cardiovascular disease secondary to elastin arteriopathy, supravalvular aortic stenosis, and multiple peripheral pulmonary arterial stenoses are common, but any artery may be narrowed. 
Characteristics frequently include an elfin-like face with a wide mouth and full lips, a stellate pattern to the iris, strabismus, short stature, potential learning difficulties, dental malformations, and infantile hypercalcemia. It is common for them to present with engaging personalities and they tend to be very talkative. GI problems causing pain may be significant and include GERD, hernias, chronic constipation, peptic ulcers, and diverticulitis. Traits pertinent for PT include radial ulnar sinusitis, poor visual motor integration, ADHD, joint laxity in infancy, and later compensatory limitations, hypotonia, and auditory, oral, and tactile sensory defensiveness. Autosomal dominant disorders occur when a single mutated gene inherited from one parent is dominant and therefore overrides the normal allele from the other parent. Neurofibromatosis type 1 is an example of this. It is characterized by multiple cafe au lait spots, freckling in the axillary and inguinal regions, and dermal or plexiform neurofibromas. Tumors may be benign or malignant. Skeletal complications include scoliosis, pseudoarthrosis, vertebral dysplasia, and bony overgrowth. The frequency of more serious complications increases with advancing age, and disease characteristics have a typical timeline. Cortical thinning is seen congenitally. Cafe Olay spots and optic gliomas develop between zero to four years. Dysplastic scoliosis occurs between six and 10 years and skin neurofibromas occur from puberty on. The NF1 gene product is neurofibromin, a protein that controls cell proliferation and acts as a tumor suppressor. This explains tumor formation in affected individuals. Neurofibromatosis type 2 causes hearing loss, ringing in the ears, and poor balance. Symptoms often start in the teen years. Schwannomatosis causes intense pain and is the rarest type. Depending on the type of disease and how serious it is, treatment may include surgery to remove tumors, radiation therapy, and medicines. Another autosomal dominant disorder is the tuberous sclerosis complex. It is a genetic disorder characterized by the growth of numerous non-cancerous tumors in many parts of the body. These tumors can occur in the skin, brain, kidneys, and other organs, in some cases leading to significant health problems. Tuberous sclerosis complex also causes developmental problems, and the signs and symptoms of the condition vary from person to person. Virtually all affected people have skin abnormalities, including patches of unusually light-colored skin, areas of raised and thickened skin, and growths under the nails. Tumors on the face called facial angiofibromas are also common beginning in childhood. Tuberous sclerosis complex often affects the brain, resulting in a pattern of behaviors called TSC-associated neuropsychiatric disorders, or TAND. These disorders include hyperactivity, aggression, psychiatric conditions, intellectual disability, and problems with communication and social interaction. 
like autism spectrum disorder. Some individuals with tuberous sclerosis complex have seizures or benign brain tumors that can cause serious or life-threatening complications. Kidney tumors are common in people with tuberous sclerosis complex. These growths can cause severe problems with kidney function and may be life-threatening in some cases. Additionally, tumors can develop in the heart and the light sensitive tissue at the back of the eye or the retina. Next, we will talk quickly about some autosomal recessive disorders. This means both parents are typically heterozygous for the recessive mutated gene, meaning the parents usually do not have the condition. The unaffected parents are called carriers because they each carry one copy of the mutated gene and can pass it on to their children. Common autosomal recessive disorders are cystic fibrosis, SMA, and sickle cell disease. There are also biochemical disorders caused by metabolic enzyme deficiencies. Most are caused by an enzyme or cofactor deficit in the body's various metabolic pathways. These are conditions like Tay-Sachs, Crabbe, PKU, or Wilson's disease. Moving on specifically to sex-linked disorders, a majority of these are recessive. Duchenne muscular dystrophy is the most common X-linked disorder, and we will discuss this extensively later on in the season. We also covered it last season, and it involves a mutation in the dystrophin gene. Lesch-Nyhan syndrome causes excessive uric acid production and results in renal, neurologic, and rheumatologic consequences. Gross motor delay is seen between three to six months with initial hypotonia, and later there are hyperkinetic movements and spasticity is ultimately observed. Growth retardation and frequent vomiting is seen. Self-injurious behavior is common. Dysarthria and moderate cognitive impairment are common. Early signs include orange uric acid crystals in the diaper and obstructive neuropathy. Gout is common. Renal failure is a common cause of death in the first or second decade of life. X-linked dominant disorders include fragile X syndrome. This is a neurodevelopmental disorder with a phenotype of cognitive dysfunction, autism, ADHD, anxiety, and epilepsy. Stereotypical behaviors like hand flapping and hand biting and a high incidence of the autism spectrum have been described. Mild to severe intellectual disability is usually seen. It affects both males and females, but females usually have milder symptoms. Pervasive deficits in conversational speech, early motor developmental delay, and severe delays in language have been reported. Hypotonia, joint hypermobility, tactile defensiveness, and large testicles and a somewhat characteristic face with an elongated face, large ears, and prominent mandible. Rett syndrome is a progressive neurodevelopmental disorder seen almost exclusively in females. Classic Rett syndrome is seen only in females, and males with a specific genetic defect are lost prenatally or are born with severe congenital encephalopathy and die before age two. Clinical manifestations of Rett syndrome are an apparently typical prenatal and perinatal period with normal development until about 6 to 18 months of age. Babies under 6 months may have mild hypotonia, 
placid personality, and a weak suck and cry. Head circumference is normal at birth, but then growth decelerates anywhere from three to 48 months with eventual microcephaly. There's a short period during which advances in development aren't seen, followed by a rapid regression in motor, language, and psychosocial functions. There is a loss of purposeful hand skills such as self-feeding and replaced with stereotyped repetitive hand motions such as ringing. You may also see gait and trunk ataxia, tremors, apraxia, intermittent estrophia, autistic-like behavior, bruxism, breathing irregularities such as hyperventilation or episodic apnea, GERD, impaired bowel motility, and vasomotor changes in lower extremities. Fits of screaming and crying are common by 18 to 24 months. Severe impairment in both expressive and receptive language with severe cognitive impairment is also seen. After the rapid deterioration slash regression phase, the disease becomes somewhat stable, although seizures become more common and are seen in 50% of girls. Kyphoscoliosis and hand and foot deformities resulting from dystonia are commonly seen and need to be aggressively managed because they are frequently unresponsive to conservative therapy. Osteoporosis occurs frequently, even in younger girls, which increases fracture risk. Okay, wow. That was a lot of information, but in the world of genetic conditions, we barely made a dent. Our suggestion is to review the ones we discussed today because they're the most common ones seen in a pediatric therapy clinic. Memorize some of the typical characteristics and then understand what your role as a physical therapist might be when treating these conditions. The reality is, is that they're probably not going to just ask you or give you a list of characteristics and then the multiple choice answer is going to be one of the genetic conditions we discussed. Almost every question on this test is going to be some sort of a synthesis question. So it's going to give some characteristics and require you to recognize that as maybe Angelman syndrome or Rett syndrome. And then it's probably going to follow up with some sort of way that we're going to synthesize this into a treatment plan or what's the best option. So make sure you're connecting all of those dots when you're thinking about these conditions. There are also some quizlets that people have created for the PCS specifically, or you can create your own, but these genetic conditions would definitely be perfect flashcard material. All right. We will talk to you guys next time. Thank you all so much for listening to Pushing Pediatrics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Pushing Pediatrics. We would love to hear from you. So send us questions, suggestions, things you want to hear more of, and things you'd maybe want to hear less of. We will talk to you guys next time. And remember, you totally got it.